Hello and welcome to another episode of the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. My name is Matthew Darlitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Science of Psychotherapy, and as always, here with Managing Editor Richard Hill. I am here, and uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic... Uh, look, we're going to talk to ourselves today, but we're not oh, yeah. going to talk to ourselves. We're going to talk to ourselves, um, but in relation... To, to, to one of one of my favorite um, uh, of, of the documentaries that we've done in mm. relation to the gut brain axis. Yeah. Uh, so and this is, of course, all a part of what you receive if you are a member of what? The Science <laughs> of Psychotherapy Academy. But uh, uh, so just a, a, a quick plug for the Academy. Um, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, we, we, we are the most reasonably priced uh, with the most with the vastest amount of, uh, of information and, and learning materials. Uh, you receive certificates that you can take to your organizations. We haven't had anybody yet tell us that their uh, certificates have been refused. So mm. that's been wonderful. I've been using them myself. Um, yep. <laughs> I know all the answers. The, so it's a very, very uh, wonderful system. But just a little mention that you can come in as an open uh, member where you can access a few things. We give a few samples and you can look at the, the uh, magazine a month, a month behind, you know, our members yeah. have to get the preference. So there's a couple of ways you can be with us as a paid member, but also as a, uh, a, a free part of our community. So we look forward to having you for that. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so jump across to the scienceofpsychotherapy.net and that's our academy site. Now today, Richard, we've already done one of these for our documentary on schizophrenia. Our episode on yeah, schizophrenia. Gee, that, that was, was, one that too, was wonderful. Got some good feedback from that. So we thought, well, we'll let's cover the other um, episodes as well. Now, the gut brain, this was the first one we did. And I have to say, it's just been such a joy doing these documentaries that it really fits me like a glove. I, I love it. And it's a, it's a great way to learn some of this material because it's a little bit more entertaining than maybe just reading an article. Yeah. And we, you, I mean, but we, we get such fabulous uh, experts. I mean, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. You will find fabulous people. And, of course, yeah. Australia is no different. Uh, I know Americans have got great people. Our friends in uh, Italy have got great people. And uh, France, Germany's got some great people. Yeah. So we're going out and talking uh, to uh, particularly during COVID, you know, to get to people. And uh, uh, I think maybe can we hear somebody just start yeah. us off, one of our beautiful people? Yeah, so let's listen to Elena Pribble. Now, she was from Microba that operates here mm. in Brisbane, Australia, and we went to their lab to find out exactly what they were doing. And uh, she describes the importance of the microbiome and uh, some of the research that they've been doing. So, so let's listen to her. Um, those bacteria are actually playing a very key role in our bodies. And what we term the microbiome is actually the community of microorganisms that's living within our body and on our body. We also have microbes that live on our skin. But it really wasn't until the advent of um, advanced DNA sequencing techniques that we really started to realize what a great role these microorganisms are playing um, in our health and how widespread they were throughout the human body. We've identified that all of those microorganisms that live in our gut, they're all producing thousands of different substances. And those substances are actually able to interact with our human cells. They're able to activate receptors. They're able to um, influence the activation of different metabolic pathways in our body. They can even um, influence gene transcription. And so 
we're seeing that these substances are actually now influencing most of the bodily systems. Um, they're modulating our immune system, they're modulating our metabolic system, and they're even modulating our nervous system. Yeah, it's just fascinating. This, this idea that we have this whole um, other community of, yeah. of DNA. And, and, and I think statistically, we have more DNA in our microbiome than we have in our own DNA. So we, we've, but it's a symbiotic uh, uh, relationship that has, has you know, yeah. become organized over, over you know, millennia. Uh, yeah. But how fascinating. The amazing thing is what she said. It these microbiome modulate every system in our body. Yeah. We, this isn't just a kind of a optional add-on. Yeah, promote gene the, expression. How extraordinary! This, exactly right. These little bugs um, that live with us um, are absolutely essential for every function you know that that is going on in our body and we had and we're only just scratching the surface and if you watch the documentary you'll you'll you'll, you'll get this impression that yeah. we are just discovering this amazing universe um, within us that has way more influence than we ever thought it had before and here's something entirely unsurprising then uh does it and of course we we're going to hear in a second about how it it also is relational to our emotions because that's all a part of our system as well. And we've got Caitlin Hall from the QIMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute in Brisbane, and she's looking at more of this behavioural emotional response to the gut microbiome. Uh, I think it's even beyond scientific research the relationship between the gut and the brain is deeply embedded in our language and the way we communicate with each other. We say we have a gut feeling when we make decisions based on intuition. Uh, we're gutted when we're upset or disappointed. Um, or, you know, we have butterflies in our stomach when we're nervous or anxious. So I think the scientific research is now beginning to catch up with what we've always really intuitively uh, felt or known. Yeah, I love that, Matt. The, the scientific research is catching up with uh, what we are naturally, and this is our big this is our big message that the human being is possessant of all those things. And just because science has researched it, that they didn't discover it; they noticed it and they brought yeah. it to our attention. And I'm so glad yeah. they did. I'm fascinated, and you you studied linguistics, and you know you you know way more than me. But I think it's fascinating that our language has you know for for a long, long maybe forever, you know, has incorporated this intuitive knowledge that this symbiotic relationship, what's going on in our gut, um, is is so tied to our yeah our emotional responses, even our cognitive responses. Oh, absolutely, I mean, language is is an emergent property of uh, so many elements and certainly what is within us and our bodily functions. Uh, uh, I mean, we even knew way before when, you know, when someone was angry, we would say they're liverish because both our internal feelings, but also noticing that when someone, you know, was doing things that were not good for their liver, uh, that their, their, their moods changed. So uh, yeah. really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Now um, we learned, a little bit more about the bidirectional, 
you know, aspect of, of this symbiotic relationship. So there's communication from the gut to the brain and from the brain to the gut. So mm. what is going on in the, in the gut and that involves our microbiome um, influences uh, what's happening mentally, but also um, what we think and, and, and how we're feeling, you know, has this, this sort of feedback uh, loop happening as well. Now, one of the things that is really, really fascinating is that it's not just our own body that produces some of these neurochemicals, which are involved in this whole network, serotonin, GABA, dopamine, but it's these little bugs as well. So- yeah. And they're, 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 they're producing it themselves. They're stimulating the production of it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, I mean, we do get a bit carried away. Uh, I mean, the vast majority of serotonin is in, is in through the body and it's a yep. stimulant for muscle behavior. Yeah. But there we have it sort of uh, occurring throughout our body and coming up into our brain for uh, based on these, uh, the, these, these microbiomes and their, yeah. their neurochemicals. And, and I think Elena's got a few words that, that she, you know, we'll, we, we can share with her. Yeah, yeah. So let's just play another clip from Elena. And this is a very um, hot topic right now for research. And so um, just as a bit of background, we know that the gut and the brain are connected. Um, via a superhighway we call the vagal nerve. We also know that our gut is highly innervated by the interact nervous system. Um, what we didn't know previously was that that bi-directional communication that's occurring um, is actually being influenced by some of those substances that our gut bacteria are producing. So we know that um, 90% of the serotonin in our body is produced in our gut by certain cells called enterochromaffin cells. And we know that some of those bacterial substances, um, especially ones called short-chain fatty acids, can actually stimulate our enterochromaffin cells to produce um, serotonin. We've also know that gut bacteria can produce a lot of other neurotransmitters directly like GABA. Um, there's also laboratory-based evidence that gut bacteria may also be producing dopamine. Um, however, we haven't validated the chemical pathways for that yet in bacteria. Pretty, pretty cool when you see it. See it like that, uh, and yeah. and great work, Matt. You know what you've got in the in the documentary for those um, you know who are just listening on the podcast. You can also jump in on the YouTube channel and and you can watch these clips as well because there's some great visuals uh, yeah. as well. And of course, we cover a lot of this material in our book as well, where where, where you can you can add that to material. You, know, you can see you sitting someone sitting with the book and with the documentary. they 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 complement each other. But, so now, uh, one, yeah. one of the things that we wanted to um, really find out about, and so all of this research is amazing, you know, and it's what we're discovering is fantastic. But how does this apply to us as therapists, you know, in clinical practice? So yeah, that day-to-day you know, <laughs> yeah. client-to-therapist uh, process. And yeah, I, it's a bit difficult as a, as a psychotherapist. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm dealing with these things, but, but who am I going to be talking to? Uh, about yeah. these sorts of things. So I've had a very good relationship with a naturopath um, who has dealt with things um, for me personally, which, you know, um, has sort of led me on a, a whole sort of path of discovery of what, of what naturopaths do. And so when we're talking about the gut microbiome, the most obvious person to go to, um, to talk about this when it comes to clinical intervention is a naturopath. 
So we found a naturopath um, that knows what she's talking about in this area. So let's have a listen to Narelle Henschel. She's, uh, she was a naturopath working in Brisbane and she had a few things to say about the gut microbiome. Well, sort of, I guess, a tenet of naturopathy is treat the gut. You know, that's sort of when we're training, that's what we're taught, treat the gut and all disease begins in the gut. I think Hippocrates was a Hippocrates saying. As a naturopath, a lot of what we do is looking at diet and lifestyle so I'm always going to be assessing gut health and looking at what people are eating how they're absorbing it how they're assimilating it and trying to improve that just as a general health thing anyway some people will prefer to do testing off from the get-go I sort of tend to look at the case history the diet diary making some changes and then see what we else we might need to do with tests and that can be anything from standard um, blood tests um, that people would get from their doctors to look at you know um, you know certain minerals and things and then going into functional tests that look at the gut health the enzyme secretion the microbiome and the makeup of that um, if a naturopath had a patient that they were concerned um, may have um, a condition that's being influenced by their gut microbiome and they want to check to see how the gut microbiome is functioning they would take a test from us um, which is basically just a swab from a piece of soiled toilet paper then we would take that sample and analyze it in our lab. And we'd provide a profile that's very um, comprehensive, listing all of the different bacterial species, as well as some of the key functions um, that we know are linked to health that those bacterial species um, are able to do. And that might help guide a practitioner into understanding that maybe this person needs to start adjusting some of their lifestyle factors or their diet to improve their gut microbiome to make those values get lower because that might be putting them at risk for you know, inflammatory diseases or metabolic diseases. That's what I love about the uh, the, the the research and investigation you you, you did, Matt, and finding uh, everybody, but realizing and bringing to our attention that these these practices, these professionals, uh, both at the very at the cold face with the client and then back at the lab, are interacting and interrelating and and making themselves useful to each other, uh, all. Uh, of course, in, in order to improve the the the, the possibility mm. of improving uh, the the client's position. Yeah, yeah. So Narelle said there, you know, um, it all it starts in the gut. You know, the disease starts in the gut, and it's not just physical ailments. I think there's there's some mental things too that are oh, starting this, well, this, in the this gut. This was really interesting. And, this bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and because of what we had just been, you know, saying when it comes to the different neurochemicals, um, you know, there is, uh, there's definitely a, a mental aspect, which is starting in the gut. So it, it just makes sense um, to uh, just even, you know, just check out to make sure that everything is okay. Now, um, the, the test that was mentioned there, um, I had done that test um, before we did the documentary. And, um, and what's wrong with you? Yeah. That's right. Now, what did you find, Matt? I, yeah, I forgot so about was, that. So uh, I can't remember the actual names of all of the different bugs, but you get this chart which shows you where you're, uh, we have too many um, of, of the, the different bugs and where you have too little. And then what does that actually mean? So, you know, too little um, of a certain bacteria might mean you're missing out um, on certain maybe stimulation or 
metabolism of, of different um, neurochemicals, or there's a whole range of things. Um, and there's, there's some bugs which are, you know, rather toxic. You don't want too many of them in your system. Um, there's some bugs which regulate and modulate some of the bad bugs. And so it's a, it's a very complex world. And these guys with this um, profile that they give you and the analysis, it, sh it shows you how to bring some balance back. And often that balance is brought back simply through diet. Um, mm. And, and maybe some supplements, but but um, primarily uh, diet. And so this was a fascinating uh, journey for for me, well, actually for our whole family that we went and we got our got ourselves profiled. Um, and uh, it gives you a really good insight into what is actually going on because uh, often our Western diet isn't the greatest and um, we can be um, deficient in some things. Now, some of these deficiencies um, is not just about, you know, feeling a little bit off or having an upset gut. Sometimes it is about mental conditions, anxiety, um, depression, these sort of things that we are and dealing with as absolutely and yeah. and you got out and talked to dr richard gordon yes. who's doing fascinating research mm -hmm. into the relationship between what's going on in the gut and parkinson's disorder yes this is now this is not a connection i expected to no. um, to, to come across when we started out doing this documentary but uh yes research into parkinson's disease well let's just talk well, let's listen to him first and then we'll have a chat in a minute okay so in the microbiome was ignored, so the first descri uh, clinical description of Parkinson's was over 200 years ago in an essay by James Parkinson, after whom the, the disease was named. So ironically, he identified, he speculated in that essay over 200 years ago that in the eight people that he sort of described as a shaking palsy for Parkinson's, that he speculated towards the end of his, his uh, sort of classic essay that uh, it Parkinson's could be a disorder of the bowels, as they called it back in the day. So, you know, sort of alluding to the gut-brain axis and uh, sort of the view that all diseases could start in the gut. So, but what we're finding now over the last decade is that there are very significant, very specific changes in the gut microbiome and the gut bacteria of people with Parkinson's. Parkinson's disease is described as a loss of dopamine in the subcortical striatal region of the brain, largely because of damage to the substantia nigra, which disrupts what is known as the nigrostriatal pathway. Parkinson's disease has been thought of predominantly as a neurodegenerative disorder, but Richard Gordon is contesting that perspective when a person goes to get diagnosed with Parkinson's uh, in the clinic, right, they've, uh, it's typically when they have the first motor symptoms or the tremors and you know, slowness of movement or difficulty initiating movement. So uh, at that point, they've already lost 80% of the dopamine producing cells in the brain, which is what you know, triggers the symptoms. They seem to have disorders of the, the gastrointestinal system, so symptoms like constipation in what we call the prodromal phase. So the prodromal phase is what comes before you have your formal disease diagnosis. So in the prodromal phase, one of the key symptoms in, that's common in most people with Parkinson's is uh, constipation. Constipation can be an early indicator that can be seen years or even decades before damage is seen in the brain. So our research uh, as Historically, we've focused almost entirely on the brain. 
and the immune system in the brain and inflammation. So when we started looking at the microbiome for Parkinson's, we found uh, signals that could explain uh, depression, for example, which is one of the earliest symptoms of people with Parkinson's. So that's, that's a non-motor symptom in Parkinson's. So <clears throat> because Parkinson's is a movement disorder, there's often non-motor symptoms that appear earlier similar to constipation. So the, some of the major non-motor symptoms are constipation, uh, sleep disorders and depression. Finding that indicators of these early non-motor symptoms can be found in the gut microbiome could change the way Parkinson's disease is predicted and treated. Breakthroughs in research often come with the discovery of a single molecule or single microbial interaction. Wow, how about that? Yeah, so, I, I mean, because we've had, uh, I've had a few Parkinson's uh, clients. Yeah. And obviously I'm not dealing directly with the, with, with the Parkinson's because they've got a medical specialist working on that. But dealing with some of those emotional, those depressions, those some um, uh, schizoidal things that can sometimes come on too because of the the the, uh, the dopaminergic uh, um, stimulation that they're doing, and uh, I I just find what Richard said. I mean, we've just scratched on the the, the surface of what he said there, yeah. but um, it, it gives you it gives you it gives you an. I, th I think there's two things that happen, Matt. Um, mm -hmm. One is you 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 look at this stuff and you go, I say, oh gosh, there's so much to know. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but actually, if you just spend some time, and uh, I mean, I suppose we're 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 fortunate because we see so many of the things and we see so much of it. Um, but what it does for me, it strengthens me as a yeah. as a therapist because I'm no longer trying to nail down one thing. Right. I'm now trying to find patterns and forms and shapes, and it's uh, really thinking in the system, you know. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and and I'm finding that 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 I'm not I'm not ruling things in and I'm not ruling things out. I'm neither becoming less focused because I've got so much information or more focused. I'm becoming actually more fluid. Yeah, yeah. This this is a good point, and we we can stand back. We can have this this sort of broad holistic pers perspective on on health and mental health. I thought it was fascinating uh, that Parkinson himself, you know, way back when he was, you know, first formulating what this was, you know, um, you know, thought it was a disease of the bowel or, or the disease is starting in the bowel, and, yeah. and and here we are. We're going back now to to really getting to the root. Um, of this problem. And uh, we won't play it now, but further on in the documentary, you know, they talk about what sort of solutions they're coming up with. And it, and it has to do with um, regulating and modulating the gut microbiome. So something that we, we you know, we, we think it's in our head, the root is in the gut and, and treating the gut can actually you know, um, treat the disease. Well, well, we're not quite up to treating the disease. There's very, very early stages, but but there's some hopeful signs. Yeah, I think this is this is the the journey of the human mind is to continually expand and explore and engage with um, with uh, the probabilities, but then also uh, try and bring out the possibilities. And when when you know when you brought the the footage of uh, of Richard Gordon, uh, mm. I was I was just there with my jaw on the floor, going, "Wow, wow, we're really, you know, th this is really." interesting and enriching for, yeah. for us as therapists. Yeah. So 
Look, there's so much to learn about uh, the the gut microbiome. Um, my suggestion to therapists is always have a good uh, naturopath um, that you can refer to um, to, you know, uh, be aware of the the signs and the symptoms uh, that suggest something might be going on uh, in the gut. Jump across, jump onto um, you know our, our documentary. I'll leave a link in the show notes. You, as a member, you've got free access. If if not, you can have access for a limited time. If you just want to have a look at that one documentary, uh, but we encourage you to to jump in and have a look at what we've done. And Richard, we've got a, a for for members. There are there is a lot more um, within the archive that we have um, on this topic. Yeah, that's right. So, so members, you, you've got the good fortune of being able to not only see the video, and, and certainly, as I say, people can, for, for, for only a handful of dollars, they can, um, mm. they can actually watch the video, but we actually replay you all the full interviews. So, uh, you know, we had uh, four or five, six hours of material, which we brought down, um, uh, down into this 45-minute uh, video. And, of course, in this talk here today, we've only shown you a few minutes. So yeah. remember this. Uh, I think only, and really, that, that, it seems to me that's only just from the beginning part. So uh, as we go in, and as you say, going into what we can do, how we can alter diets, how we can alter behaviours and things, uh, that's really what we show in the second part of the video. Yeah. And for those of you who are just listening um, on the podcast and you do want to have a look at some of the clips, you can jump across to our YouTube channel. Again, uh, link in the show notes and you'll be able to see those clips. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. Uh, Richard's been a pleasure as always. Yes, and it was great to review that material. I haven't seen it for a while and uh, uh, I, I love all those people. They're brilliant. Gosh, so I'm so glad we've got them out there. Okay, fantastic. All right, thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. 